What's up, everybody? Good morning to you. Y'all feeling good today? Man, what a great time this morning we've had in worship, and uh, so glad that you are here. So glad for all those watching online with us as well today. We thank God for you guys, and so um, honored that you're a part with us today. Hey, want to let you know uh, uh, two quick things. All the dream teamers in the house, I want to remind you tonight, everybody just say tonight. At 6 o'clock right here, man, we're going to have, uh, man, our team night for all of our dream teamers. So everyone that serves and is a part of our church in that capacity, I want to encourage you, make sure, make sure you get here tonight. Uh, if you forgot to register, it's fine. Just show up tonight. We're going to have uh, just an awesome time. I'm going to share some vision or some fun things happening as well. But I want to encourage you, don't miss out uh, on tonight. It's going to be real good, okay? And then lastly, I just want to thank everybody for their participation in 21 Days of Prayer. It was was just absolutely phenomenal. It seems like every uh, season that we do 21 days of prayer, it's just increasing uh, so much. Our Wednesday nights uh, have just been incredible. Our Saturday, we had our finale yesterday. It, it uh, Through the month of August and our 21 days of prayer is our most attended uh, prayer rallies that we've had in the history of our church. Come on, somebody. Uh, so God's up to some things. Yeah. God's up to some things, no doubt about that, and so just stir in such a spirit of expectancy, and so we just want more of God, and and uh, I'm just so honored to, to pastor a church, man, of people that are seeking after God and just running the play that God has set for us, but it has just been a powerful time. We've just heard of just stories and how God has moved, and uh, and how many know uh, it doesn't stop uh, yesterday? Today's day 22, amen? And so we just keep the ball moving down the field, and so uh, this morning, though, I'm so pumped, I'm so excited to have uh, one of my good friends, and he's a new friend to me, uh, Pastor Jim Wilkes in the house. Come on, from Cleveland, Ohio. He's here, yeah, representing. And, um, and I want to say this real quick about Pastor Jim. Uh, we met uh, him and his wife, Jen, and they have two boys. That they pastor an amazing church there in Cleveland called Journey Church. God is just doing, uh, man, just a move of God that they are, are just seeing there. And uh, five campuses, and, uh, man, God's just doing a lot of incredible things. But um, I've actually been following his ministry, kind of like a stalker. I've been following him over the last few years. Uh, one of my good friends said, man, you got to check this guy out. And so I have been. And But this year, God finally just connected us. And so um, I, I know this, last night he spent some time with our leaders, and uh, it was one of the most powerful times that we've had. And uh, and our leaders, I had several of them just reaching out and say, Pastor, well, you got to bring him back, you know? And so we're going we're gonna to figure that out. But I know you guys are going to be ministered to today and blessed today. So would you stand to your feet this morning? Come on, great, give a great big hand, and let's welcome Pastor Jim Wilkes today. Come on, everybody. I'll grab a seat, grab a seat. Uh, it's great to be with you guys, and, uh, and likewise, man, I love you, and all the more, your, your wife, and I can't wait to meet your kids, and like I said last night, pump them full of sugar, I can't wait to, you know, and then send them home with you guys, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I, I equally, I have a, a, you know, when I met your pastor, uh, I, I really had started a bromance with him, you know? Uh, I love his voice. You know, it's like deep and kind of like semi-raspy. You don't know this, but when I can't sleep, I call him. And he reads to me. And I just, I drool a little bit on my pillow, you know. But I'm honored to be with you. A little bit about me. Uh, I, like uh, your pastor shared, I pastor a church in Cleveland, Ohio. We started 10 years ago and uh, having the time of my life. Uh, Cleveland, I call it the land of orange barrels and potholes. Come on, somebody. And the winning Browns. Come on, Jesus. 
took us 30-something years, but hey, we're here, all right? Um, let me show you my family. This is my family right here. Uh, that's my beautiful wife, uh, Jennifer. We've been married for 19 years. She's uh, Italian. Forget about it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, everyone in her family is named Paulie and Paulette, you know, and uh, that's my son Josh over there. Uh, he's a senior this year. My son Joel, uh, he's a freshman. I uh, just got accepted to a D1 high school for a quarterback and uh, really excited about that. And uh, he's my money ticket. So... Um, we're praying favor upon him. My son, Josh, I love him to death. Uh, he's going to change the world or I'm going to kill him. You know what I'm saying? I'm a shepherding a racehorse right there, you know, and uh, I love him deeply. He was supposed to come with me today, but we forgot that he had his um, SAT test and uh, he's studying for that and getting ready for that. Uh, hey, listen, I want to jump right into things. And the one thing I love about this church and I love about your pastor and his wife and the staff, I can tell very quickly last night, is that this church loves some people. They love people, man, and they love the city. They love the plans they are dreaming up and believing God for. Uh, it's all about people. Uh, they're not about the building. I mean, it's a great building, great facility. Uh, you got a parking lot. Our first campus had 19 parking spaces, so I covet parking lots. I do. Uh, but they love people. They love people. They love you. They think about you. They're praying about you, and that's why I love, I can sense it in the atmosphere here, and my passion is for the local church. I love the local church. And I actually think this, that you can't be a leader unless you love the local church. You know, because that's God's bride. You know, he, he died for the local church. And uh, tonight, today I want to talk to you about passion. You're in a series called Passion. And I, I want to talk to you about the passion that God has for his church and that we have to have a passion for his church as well. You know, back in the day, um, I took my boys to North Carolina. And we went there and uh, had a great time. They were younger at the time. And, and uh, you know, we, we decided to have this. My son is his very first trip to the water. He was deathly afraid of water. He watched way too much Shark Week. Uh, I don't know what it is, Jaws and the Meg and, and all those things. He just, he was afraid of water and wouldn't even go into water. So we decided let's go on a vacation and get him over his phobia of water. So we rented a condo, condo right on the beach, you know what I'm saying? And it was a good trip. It was a good trip. Uh, it started off kind of rough, though. On the very first day, I'm trying to get in the water. I got him up uh, shin high into the water. And he's like, Dad, we're doing good. We're doing good. And I got him about the kneecap here when all of a sudden lifeguards started running out into the water and they pulled a man out of the water. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And Josh goes, nope, never going back in the water. And he turned right back around and got out of the water there. Now, this guy was not just any guy. He was a behemoth of a man. Like, he was a strong guy right there. He was about 350 pounds. He got caught on the undertow, even though it was a sign said no swimming in this area right here. And thank God, the, the lifeguard said he was going to be okay. They're, they were pumping him and everything. And they shared with me the week prior, the undercurrent actually claimed the life of a young person got caught underneath the undertow and took him out here. Now, on this trip, we had to turn it around. We had to do some stuff. Now, I'm super cheap. I don't like to spend any money, but I splurged on going shark fishing, bucket list thing kind of. Come on, Jesus. Now, I love to fish. Uh, I'm a fly fisherman. Uh, Jesus, uh, he said you'd be fishers of men. Fishing's of God. <laughs> right? Seven out of the 12 fisher, disciples were fishermen. You should fish, all right? 
So we decided to go fly, uh, go deep, uh, deep sea fishing for sharks and everything. We went out there. We saw, we passed thousands of jellyfish on our way out to the sea here. We caught these little sharks. And then we took these little sharks and he, the captain chopped them up. And then he used them as bait. He threw them in the water. And then we caught this big stingray. And he chopped up that stingray. It was awesome. <laughs> Love fishing. He took that stingray and he said, we're going to use that as bait because sharks love stingrays. He threw it out there and all of a sudden we caught something and it took me about 45 minutes to reel it in and we caught an eight and a half foot tiger shark. It was awesome. Now I got to tell you this, as I'm reeling it in, I hear, my wife was throwing, all, uh, throwing up off the side of the boat. It was awesome. Best trip ever, right? And then we started heading back to, to the horizon, going towards the, the dock and everything, and the boat is just skimming on the water here. And, and as we're cruising in, I'll never forget it here, we're pulling into the marina here, and you go, wee, and we had to slow down, you know what I'm saying? We're pulling in. And as we pulled in, there were these massive boats in the marina. And some of them were stacked high because they were up there for storage and everything like that. It was a perfect breeze. The, the day, the breeze was flowing through my hair. I had my sunglasses on. And i never forget it. These boats worth, worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, were cruising in. And right in front of it, there was this guy standing on his boat, a multi, multi-million dollar boat, watching TV. He had the permatan on, you know what I'm saying? It was like spray tan or I, I don't know. He looked kind of leatherish year and his girlfriend I pray it was his wife was rubbing you know suntan lotion on him right and he had like that European bathing suit on and uh, I had to go to counseling about that and he smiled at us and he had perfect white teeth and he waved he looked like a televangelist you know and I remember I remember thinking to myself you know what how crazy is this we just totally navigated crazy waters with crazy undercurrents, shark-infested, jellyfish-infested, where someone almost died in a week prior, someone actually died, and here a guy is in a marina rubbing suntan lotion on himself and his girlfriend, which is a half a mile away, someone lost their life. And I thought to myself, you know what? This is just like the church, man. This is just like the local church. That there's all this stuff going on around us here. That, that, we, that we're there and all these problems are happening in the world. And we're just, we're just little dabble do you of anointing oil. <laughs> we're worshiping in our four walls of our buildings. And people are caught in the undertow of life. You see, a lot of people, they'll come to church. And they think they have a heart for the marina. I mean, a heart for the church. They have a passion for the marine, I mean, a passion for the church. But let me tell you, going to church doesn't mean you have a passion for the church. Being in the marina doesn't mean you have a passion for what's happening outside the marina. You see, you cannot have a heart and a passion for God without having a passion for his church. I mean, here, here this guy was tied to the dock, chilling and waving and smiling and rubbing sunland lotion on each other. Well, people are drowning and people need Jesus and they're being pulled in the undertow of life and God's called us to rescue them. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Rescue people, rescue people. If we're gonna have a passion for this great city that you're in, that God's called you in, we have to have a passion to rescue people, Right? 
It's happening all around us here. You can be in his house, but not have a heart for his house. See, I have a question. You see, we have to be all about this rescue right here. How many are all about the rescue? Anyone here, you're about the rescue? This book is all about the rescue. It's about, you know, it was shared in the transition here that Jesus came and God created the heaven and earth and Adam and Eve, they messed the thing up and, and, and all of a sudden Jesus was sent as a second Adam to make everything right. It's because he's a second Adam, right? And he's, a, he's, he's here for the rescue. This book is about the rescue here. I mean, maybe we're saying, you know, we, 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 we're gonna stand and we're gonna believe God to add another service. We're standing, we're gonna believe God to, to, to add another campus here. We're gonna be audacious in our generosity. We're, we're gonna offer like a bazillion Christmas services this year and, and Pastor Kyle's gonna preach all of them, I'm sure, and because he's the rescue man, you know what I'm saying? We're all gonna be about the rescue and you have to be about the rescue. That's why you started seven years ago and that's why you moved in this building is because you're all about the rescue here. That's what you gotta be about in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years. You've gotta maintain the heart and passion for the rescue. Matthew 28, 19 says this, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I command you. The literal language of go means as you're going. Say that with me, as you're going. Yes, what's Christ saying? He's saying, get your as you're going in gear. Some of y'all, your as you're going is not in gear. <laughs> that as you do life beyond the four walls of this building, as you go and do life, you're about the rescue. You're looking for people. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. How do you know if you have a heart and a passion for the house? It's because you're engaged. You're engaged. Think about fishermen. They're, they're optimistic. They're visionary. They take on the elements. They're engaged. They're fully invested here. You can't tell me of a passion for his church if you're not engaged in his church. Come on, somebody. You can go to the marina all day long and rub lotion on each other. Come on, Jesus. And I have a heart, but you gotta be engaged. You gotta, you gotta put up or shut up, right? So I did some history research on yacht clubs. Do research on yacht clubs. This is true. You can Google it. Thank God for Google. Most were full of people. I'm talking about risk takers, these yacht clubs. And most yacht clubs started as rescue stations. And what they would do is they, they would, they would um, they, sometimes they had lighthouses, but even before the lighthouses, they would put these fires out there so ships could see the fire in the middle of the night, especially when fishermen missed the time to come in. Maybe they hit hard times or weather and they were delayed here. So they started these rescue stations, these marinas here. And these people, man, they would do whatever it takes if they saw someone had a, a shipwreck. They would, they, would, they would literally jump in their boats and they would paddle out and like their kayak kind of things and they were rescue people who would rescue people and they would go back to the societies and they would eat some protein and get some carbs and, and Red Bull in them and stuff like that and then they'd go out there again and they would rescue more people. They'd pull them into their boat and they would row all the way back to the marina, to the rescue station, drop them off and they'd go back out there again. They were like crazy people because they were about the rescue, you know what I'm saying? They were like all in. They had a passion for the rescue, they were like, hey, you know what? How much can I serve? How much can I give? What do you need? You need help in the kids' ministry? I'm all in because I'm all about the rescue here. 
If you're about to rescue, you're all in and you're all engaged. Here's the crazy thing, Pastor Kyle, about, the, about these rescue stations, these marinas. They kind of got lackadaisical a little bit. You know, they had the lighthouses and they started doing some scheduling. Well, it's your shift, your turn. And all of a sudden, they, they started forgetting about rescuing and they started decking out their little boats. Well, I don't know if I want to take my boat out. I got a nice little bell on it. I just washed it. You know, I, I got a motor on it now. And I don't really want to go out there in those rough waves because it costs me a lot, my boat. My boat is two feet longer than your boat. How big is the bow on your boat? Mine has sails. They start comparing their churches, I mean their boats, one to another. My marquee is LED. <laughs> you have an old one. And they stopped investing and stopped being engaged. They lost their love and their passion for the rescue. They lost their passion for loving him. It began to dwindle. Their passion for serving got distracted. Their passion for worship, they had other focuses there. Their passion to pray grew cold. And they had bought more expensive boats and champagne and caviar. And they began to tie their bots up, boats up to the marina and begin to rub suntan lotion on each other here. And there were some people, there were still some people who were like, what are y'all crazy? What are you doing? We're about the rescue here. What are you doing? We're rescue societies, but some people forgot about it. They made it about the boat. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, we're not a club. Come on, now come with the other neighbor you didn't come with. I want you to look at them and say, we're a rescue society, bruh. Bruh, bruh. You got to put some stank on it, bruh. Cleveland. See, Elevate Church, you're not a club. You're a rescue station. If you think you're a club, then you define the church wrong. You're going to have a passion for the marina. But if you're about a rescue station and you keep that definition clear, you have a passion for the lost. So you think about the rescue. You know what the rescue is all about? See, the rescue is dependent upon a few things. When they would paddle out there, they were dependent upon this thing right here. This right thing, this thing right here is called the ring. It's called the ring of life. And the ring of life, if you look at it right here, the ring of life, to be all in and fully engaged, you have to be part, you have to grab a hold of the ring of life. You see, I love the ring of life. There's no beginning, there's no end. That's how God is. See, the ring of life is Jesus. You gotta have it you got to grab a hold of it here. You have to understand the rescue is all about the ring of life here. That's the thing about the ring is Jesus came from the top to the bottom to save us. See, are you about Jesus here? Or are you, are you, are you all about, you know, cruising on the Christian ship here, playing Christian music, because it grow through group parties here at Elevate Church, and we have the nice little coffee things and things of that sort. Oh, man, I love the cruise ships. because Oh, you can eat buffet. I just went on my first cruise. It was amazing. It was a Mediterranean cruise. I will never do anything else. The food, oh my God, 24, I gained 10 pounds on the cruise. I'm still trying to lose it. That's what happens when you turn 45. Oh my God. You can gain it, you can't get rid of it. Right? But we can, we got to keep it about the ring of life. 
So yet people have, people have actually said, you know what, we're not going to make it about the ring of life here. And here's why we forget it, why we stop making it about the ring of life, is we've forgotten where we came from. Paul said this, Paul said, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I pressed on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took a hold of me. Let me tell you, God saved you for a purpose, not just to go to heaven, but you've got mad skills. You've got talents and abilities and God-given calling and a redemptive purpose in your life. You have things that you learned in the world, in your education, in your school of hard knocks. There's things inside you that elevate church needs. You've got to take those things and bring it, to bring it to the rescue station and say, i got a passion for the church. Could you use my financial planning somehow? Oh, my gosh, i got these mad skills. I'm a mad data person. Can I help you somehow? I love kids. Oh, my God, I love cats. There's nothing we can do with you then. <laughs> Sorry about that. You're just be at the altar later, all right? I'll never forget. I, took my, I was a youth pastor for a number of years, and I took my kids students uh, camping. And uh, I, I was the one guy that, um, if I thought it, I just did it. And I lacked a filter. And um, I decided, we're going to go rent pontoon boats. But I didn't charge the kids enough, enough money for two pontoon boats. I could afford one pontoon boat. But I needed two pontoon boats. So I took about 60 kids, and I put them on one pontoon boat. And we were on this pontoon boat, and when we got on it, you know, those little flotation things, they have a weight limit. And that pontoon boat sunk down, and we were just cruising around, and we were like this far from the water, you know what I'm saying? And it wouldn't even go fast. It was like, and then we were like, this is awesome. And we had no, no room. Well, we're in, we're in the mountains here, and the storm, we see it rolling around the mountains, and I'm like, thank God it's going to pass us. But one thing about the mountains, the mountains harness the winds and everything, and it starts coming right down the channel that we are in. I'm like, oh, no. This storm rolls in, and it's raining and hail. Not hell, hail. Starts coming down and pelting us, and the kids are like, oh. And the boat starts sinking. Because we're moving around and all the wind is rocking us. And the, I didn't know these pontoon boats could sink. So I say, everyone, grab a flotation device. I grab a flotation device, and when I look at it, I realize we don't have enough. So I'm like, do I give this to you? Your parents, I don't like them. And actually, I don't like you. Your parents, they don't tithe, so not into that. The boat began to sink, and we had to call in a rescue, and they brought speedboats out and everything, and that thing tipped over. Thank God I bought the insurance here. These guys were hanging out to flotation devices here, and maybe that's you. That you, you had put your confidence in a church one time, and that church let you down. And instead of holding onto the ring of life, you let go of it because of what happened to the boat. I'm gonna tell you, I, I left the church for a while. I was in ministry for 15 years. And after 15 years, I was like, I'm out. I just saw illegal, unethical, and moral things. I love God, but I hated the church. Hated that boat. And there was a season I started letting go of the ring of life. 
But here's the wonderful thing is I got plugged into a healthy church. And God began to heal my heart. And I began to realize this, that God uses imperfect things to do a perfect work. And maybe you've grabbed a hold of the wrong boat or the boat sank and you got hurt. I'm sorry that happened to you. You know, the only thing about Elevate City Church, this is not a perfect church. I do have a question. I want to just settle this real quickly. How many of you have ever met a hypocrite? Okay. How many, um, you're a hypocrite? Okay. If you didn't raise your hand, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> so we got that out of the way. Not only am I a hypocrite, I'm also the president. Right? I'm also a client. We all need a saving Jesus. Some of us, maybe it wasn't the boat. Maybe you grabbed a hole of the wrong life raft. Maybe you said, I'm going to use this flotation device of possessions. I'm going to use this possessions, and I'm going to get more and more and more. Help me, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. Let me tell you, possessions are a poor life float. Other people say, I'm going to grab a hold of pleasures. And they go from fix to fix and buzz to buzz or bed to bed, and they grab a hold of that life raft. And let me tell you, it only floats you for so long, and then you begin to sink. You know, I'm going to go for position. I'm going to grab a hold of that life raft. And I'm going to get position and title and education and titles and my PhD and my doctorate and all these other things. I'm going to get a high salary and a Tesla. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get all those things. But let me tell you, that life raft is still going to sink. But what did God do? God saw our condition. He looked at us, and he said, oh, my gosh, I got to throw them the ring of life. They're drowning. They need help. So I'm going to send them my son and we're going to go ahead and we're going to redeem this situation. Then of our time together, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you've never grabbed this life ring before named Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity to grab that life ring. To yield your life to Jesus. To let go of the other flotation devices. They're not going to work. You're still going to drown. But you can grab a hold of that life ring named Jesus and it'll save your life. The next thing with this, this life ring, there is another thing called the rope. Everyone say the rope. This is the ring. This is the rope. And the rope is the hope. This rope is actually tied to the ring of life. And this rope is the hope. And that rope is the local church. It's the local church. It's got to be tied to something. And Jesus said, I'm going to tie my life to the local church, and I'm going to hand the ministry of reconciliation over to the church, to you guys. Elevate, church. You are the rope. The Bible says this, Galatians 1, 3 through 4, grace and peace to you from our Lord Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself to our sins to rescue us, ring of life, from the present evil age according to the will of our God, our Father. Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us, there it is right there, from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Isaiah 19.20, when they cry out to the Lord because of their oppressors, he will send them a savior, a defender, and he will what? Rescue them. He didn't say go build an orphanage, a hospital, or go build that. Now let me tell you, those things are great and wonderful, but he said do all those things through the rope. Through the, my hope of the world, the capital C church, there's not a plan B. Everything should be done in the church and through the local church. We've got to be his church. If we have passion, we've got to be his church. We've got to be free people who free people. Elevate church. We have to be white hot all about the rescue. So here's the thing. There's the ring of life and there's the rope. But there's one more thing about this thing right here that's so important. 
You can have the ring of life in Jesus. You're going to be all about the rope and everything like that. But there's one other thing, and that's the pull. you got to have the pull. Someone grabs a hold of Jesus and then tied to the local church here. But there has to be a moment about the, the pull. The pull is who we are and it's what we do. And we're in the boat and we're all rowing the same direction. We're going to rescue people. we got to be about the vision. we got to be all about the vision that God's given Pastor Kyle. we all got to get in the same boat. Say, Pastor, you know what? This is a little crazy, but I'm all about the rescue. Your methods are a little unorthodox. I don't know about these lights and this haze stuff, but I'm all about the rescue. I don't know about these outreaches. I don't know about this at the movie things. I'm just trying to blow my mind. But you know, I'm all about the rescue. I'm going to invite my friends, and we're going to believe God that they grab a hold of the, the life ring that's tied to the local church, but then we're going to pull them in. You know what? We don't have time to rock the boat. You know what? I don't like the colors of the chairs. Then get out. We don't have time for you. I don't like the music. Go find another church. There's a dead church you can be part of. I don't like the lobby. Why are we here? We're not about that. We're all about the pool. We're about getting people. It's what we do. It's who we are. Every, you know, the pool, isn't that Pastor Kyle's job? The, the lead pastor, not the other Kyle's. <laughs> Dear, for the love of God. Some of the ladies, they changed their names to Kyleette. <laughs> what about the pool? I don't care if we had the perfect visitation ministry. I don't care if we, if we hand out water. I don't care if we hand out strong espresso. We're going to do whatever it takes in the children's ministry because we're all about the pull. Now, I can stop right here. I can stop right here, Pastor Kyle. About the ring of life, the rope, and the pull. But here's the thing. If I'm the devil, if I'm the devil, an Elevate City Church is sitting smack dab in this growing community as their lighthouse. It's a rescue station, and the people catch that. They realize, oh, my God, we're a rescue station, so I'm going to invite all my friends in two weeks. Because at the movies, is really like an invite series. It's for outsiders, not just insiders. And we're going to get outsiders to become insiders when they grab a hold of the ring of life the and also tied to the local church. I want to pull them in through relationships. So already, names are popping into your brain. I believe it of who you should invite next. I think next month, if I can challenge you with anything, it should be the month with the most amount of visitors and guests who are far from Jesus. Or those who are de-churched, those that are outside. 50% uh, of our church are first-time believers. It's messy. I'm talking about Jerry Springer lifestyles, if you even know what that is, okay? Don't Google that, because that will scar you. They come in, all these things. They're in the boat now. Our church is messy. And we say this at our church, don't allow your need for perfection to mess up our mess. We like it messy. If you need a perfect church and everything cross the T and dot the I's and the, the usher to look a certain way, we're not it. Our guys got tattoos. We got people struggling in their identities, all these kind of things. And they need freedom. They need Jesus. But they got a hold of the, rest, the ring of life. We're trying to pull them in, right? Next month, we're going to fill this place. How awesome would it be that every service is packed out? Because we're about the rescue. Not about attendance. We're about the rescue. But if I'm the devil, if I'm the devil, and, and I realize, oh my God. Oh my goodness. He wouldn't say God. He would say, oh my me, you know. 
I would want to replace your passion for the pursuit of preferences. Number one, I would want you to settle for the people preference, not the rescue preference. You know what? I'm not going to invite everyone. I'm not going to allow people to do this. Hey, if you're a Christian here, you, you, you could do that, but I'm going to try to stop you from inviting people to the rescue station. And what I would do is I would, I would get you so focused on your preferences here that you would forget about the principles of God. That, you know, if you ask that person to come to church, what if they say no? Do you really want to lose that relationship? Listen, you know how many people I've invited to church? I've never lost a relationship. Don't ask them. What if they say no? What if they say yes? You know what I would do? I would do this. Hey, Kyle, um, next month our church is have, at the movie series, and uh, I bought you a ticket. Here you go. I bought you a ticket. Okay, what service are you going to go to? Second. Okay, I bought you that ticket. You don't have to tell them that you got the ticket for free. <laughs> Bait and switch. Jesus does it all the time. The next thing to do, if I'm the enemy, I would make sure that you adhere to the safety preference. You know what? Just stay tied to the dock. Don't go outside your, your comfortable zone. Don't go to your neighbor and mow their grass and do some loving things to them so you begin to till the ground and prepare them for the invite to invite them to at the movies here. You see, when you're in the rescue business, you've got to be ready to change. You've got to be doing the hard thing. You're going to change and have conflict and growth here. Let me tell you, if you begin to invite people here, the very DNA of, of this church will begin to change because you have messy people here. Then there's another one I would try to get you to settle for from the devil. It's the deeper preference. I would try to stop you from going to the deeper preference. I would say, no, just stay in the shallow side of the pool. Just sit there with your little duckies on. And the shallow side, you know, splashing around in the pee-pee pool. You know the baby pool? Yellow and blue make green. Just stay over here and don't be that spiritual. Don't do 21 days of prayer. Don't fast and pray for the people that are drowning and caught in the undertow of life. Don't go deeper here. Just, don't, you don't need to serve I mean, they want you to come early, like a half an hour, 45 minutes early and serve. I mean, that's your sleep-in time. For the love of God, you work five days a week. So I'm going to try to keep you out of the deep side of the pool. But when you have a passion for his church, it will change the way you pray. It will change the way you preach. It will change the way you teach. It will change where you go. It will change the people you hang out with. It will change how and who you play golf with. It changes everything. You say the ring is the thing and the rope is the hope so his house might be full. Now I'm gonna tell you, I've been to Bible school. I've been to seminary. Uh, I have a master's degree in organizational leadership. I've been in ministry for 26 years now, since I was 17 years of age. Of all the things I've done, I've grown more when I've invited someone to church. I've grown more with, than all the education when I begin to pray for those who are caught in the undertow of life. It taught me more about myself, 
It caused me to have more reliance upon the Holy Spirit. I was scared out of my, my boots, so to speak, to invite people to church. And then when they came and they raised their hands, I was thrilled. I couldn't believe it. That God used me to be the rope that it planted and watered and somehow he reached that person and caused growth. See, God says to share it. He says, toss the ring. He says, man, man the rope and the pull. It's gonna be part of the pull. You know, I went to Ireland to help start in a church plant. And I did some touring, right? And I, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I'll admit that. And uh, I thought, I want to go running into the ocean. So he took me to the ocean. He thought I was joking because they're next to, like, is it like Antarctica? Wherever that ice thing is up there. What's at the top? Iceland, thank you. I went to Bible school. I was homeschooled. That was a joke. That was a joke. And I said, I'm going to run into the water. And as I'm running towards the water, he goes, don't do it, brother. And I'm running for the water. He's like, don't do it. It's too cold, brother. Sounds like Scottish, doesn't it? And I jumped in the water. And when I went in, my body went into shock. It was like iceberg cold. I jumped out of that thing like a porpoise. I was like, oh. I mean, I was just freaking out. I was alive. I came out of that water like, oh, my God, that was awesome. I promise you, you jump in, you'll come alive. I promise you, your whole life will be shocked. When you begin to invite people to church, you're all about the rescue. You're not about your preferences. You're about seeing his church arise. In other words, I'm challenging you as you meet people in areas, build bridges into people in their lives in all areas. When you play golf, you be the only believer. When you go shopping, you're outnumbered because they're all unbelievers around you you're fishing or hunting or playing tennis or basketball, whatever you do, surround yourself with unbelievers, but understand this, you're all about the rescue. You're there on mission. You're rowing out there. These guys are caught in the undertow of life and they don't even know it. And I'm gonna help save them. I wanna pray for you right now. Will you close your eyes and bow your head? I wanna ask you a quick question. You say, Pastor, man, I need to be rescued. I need to grab a hold of that ring of life. I need to grab a hold of it because, man, I've been holding on to the wrong flotation devices. You say, Pastor, that's me. I won't give my life to Jesus. I've been coming with my spouse. I've been coming with my, my parents. They drag me every week. Maybe you've never prayed that prayer, but you say, today is the day I'm going to ask Christ into my life. If that's you and you're, you're here today, I want you to just raise your hand. One, two, three. I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anyone? I see your hand, sir. Proud of you. Thank you. I see your hand, ma'am. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand over here. I'm proud of you. Thank you, young man. I'm proud of you. So bold. Elevate. Can we give a round of applause for all those that raised their hands? Come on now. It's a big deal. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. Now, this prayer doesn't save you. It's kind of like an introduction. What saves you is God's grace that you receive by faith. You are not going to receive a letter in the mail saying, welcome to the club. We receive it by faith, and we begin to live this out by faith, and we receive forgiveness by faith. I want all of us as an Elevate family, I want us to pray this prayer out loud. I want you to pray boldly. Everyone together, say this. Say, Lord, I give up. I let go of all the wrong devices, and I grab a hold of you. 
the ring of life. You are my hope. You are my purpose. I ask for forgiveness of all my sin, known and unknown. Thank you for forgiving me. I receive it in Jesus' name. I am yours. With your eyes still closed and your heads bowed, I want to ask you questions. Pastor, man, I'm about the rescue. I'm all about the rescue. And there are people right now I know that God wants me to reach out to. There are people right now I need to invite to this rescue station, especially starting next month. I'm going to bring them here on a Sunday. Will you pray for me that I'll have boldness to invite them. I'll have divine opportunities to to bring them here, that they'll grab a hold of the ring of life and we as a church can pull them in and and, and grab a hold of the hope, the local church. Say, Pastor, that's me. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. Come on. Here's the deal. I want everyone to raise your hand in the air. I think that's everyone. Here's what I'm gonna pray. That as you do life, you're gonna be talking to someone and the Holy Spirit's gonna be like, that's the guy. That's the girl I want you to invite. And you're nowhere inside you that Holy Spirit is gonna quicken you. Your hands are gonna get sweaty. Your stomach is gonna start turning. And God's gonna give you the boldness to ask them to come to church. And here's what's gonna happen. They're gonna say yes. Heavenly Father, we raised our hands because we, we are about the rescue. Give us boldness. Give us the right words to speak. Give us the divine opportunities to invite our friends and our families and our relatives to elevate, especially next month. And we pray that they will get saved. We want to make hell small and heaven big. We want to make heaven crowded. We want our church to be packed, full of messy, imperfect people who are trying to be perfected by Jesus. Then we've got to add another service. We've got to launch another campus. We're going to need a bigger children's ministry. God, we're all about the rescue. Put the burden inside of us. Lord, I pray as we go throughout the week and we're talking to somebody, you'll quicken our spirit and say, this is the person. This is the one that I'm targeting right now. We commit it all to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen.